everybody, welcome into the Irish NFL show. You can see it's a little bit different this week. We are live from the Woolshed Bar and Grill in Dublin in Ireland. So welcome into everybody from around the world watching. It's great to have you join us. Great to be joined by the usual amigos here to my left. We've got Colin, we've got Brian, we've got Mark. Lads, how are we getting on? Good? Good, yes. Great to actually be back in the Woolshed Arena. Uh, strange year. Ordinarily by December we'd have done about three meetups. Um, couldn't do that this year, but nice to be back in the surrounds of the NFL room. Excellent. Uh, well, just wait until you're in Letterkenny next year doing an, doing an Irish NFL meetup. Uh, just before we start, actually, Brian, this is presented by Pundit Arena, so uh, w- welcome in as well. Brian, welcome in. Obviously a big day for you, being from Dublin and stuff, but uh, delighted that you join us. I know you've got a very busy schedule. Yeah, let's not worry about the five o'clock start. Yeah, <laughs> the Woolshed, uh, great bar for NFL for a lot of fans over the years, and I've watched seven Super Bowls here, two of which the Giants have won. Actually stood here when the Giants beat the Patriots. What did let Mark know that, you know? So thanks, Brian. Thanks. I, I was here when the Broncos got demoralised by the Seahawks. But uh, anybody who know, likes NFL knows that this is the place to watch NFL on the Sunday. Absolutely. And Mark, have you been here uh, recently at all for the NFL? I do remember being here for one or two Super Bowl losses uh, and uh, one or two Super Bowl wins, thankfully. But uh, yeah, 2007, obviously it was in 2008, but the 2007 season still breaks my heart. I was standing right over there watching the screen, seeing 18-1 and become a Patriots reality. Beautiful, beautiful. And I guess on that note, folks, if you are in Dublin or anywhere in Ireland, to be honest, you you can get the bus. Come down here for the games on Sunday. This bar is open late. They've got all the games around the whole bar at both 6 o'clock and 9 o'clock. So feel free to come down to the Woolshed. And thanks very much to the Woolshed for making this a reality for us. Let's get down to business. Let's look at the first game today. Uh, it's okay. We've got the Brady fanboy at the back here, but we'll go with Colin first. Tampa Bay Bucks 8-5 and five at the Atlanta Falcons, who are 4-9. Colin, start us off. What's your thoughts on this game? I think it's a nightmare for the Falcons. Um, the the Bucks beat up on bad teams, and the Falcons are a bad team. Uh, when you look, essentially, their their pass defense is non-existent. Um, their rush defense is only slightly better than that. Um, the Bucks have a great pass rush, uh, but they also have a decent secondary. Matt Ryan is going to have a bad day today. Uh, I just I cannot see how this is anything other than a pretty comfortable win for the Bucks. There's only been six times in the NFL history where two quarterbacks who have played in the Super Bowl have come up against each other during the regular season. You wouldn't expect that would have been a bit more. Matt Ryan <clears throat> versus Tom Brady, different circumstances, obviously. But uh, you'd have to, you can't see past the books really at the moment. They're averaging 28 points per game. The Falcons, whilst they looked like they were turning a bit of a corner under Raheem Morris, recently kind of gone back to what we had seen earlier in the season in terms of heartbreak and losses and Last week's game in LA against the Chargers, they just managed to throw it away again. And then the Bucks haven't come off. Their boy had a good win last week against the Vikings. They have to win to keep maintain their wild card place. Don't see how it's going to be anything else than a Bucks win. Yeah, Brian, I'm I'm struggling to remember that Brady and Matt Ryan played against each other before. I, I, I to, in a Super Bowl, strange, strange. It's, it's escaping Super Bowl Fifty One, Mark. Oh, Fifty One. I was reliably oh, informed yeah. by yourself. Escapes me. Thanks, Mark. Me. Thank you. Um, look, the box this year. It's very funny for me. Uh, everybody's very aware of the fact that ever since Brady came back from his ACL injury in two thousand nine. 
Brady and the Patriots, were under the guidance of Bill Belichick, won 11 division titles in a row. We mentioned in the show before, the Patriots are not winning a division title this year, but neither is Tom Brady, and it's like a divorce. After a divorce, you know, neither party's necessarily in the same financial standing and they're necessarily as happy as they were before. They've both taken a drop down. That being said, this weekend, we were talking with Jeff Reinbold last night and uh, ended up talking a little bit about military history. To me, this is like V1 and V2 rockets, the buzz bombs coming over. Air Brady is back in town. They are going to <laughs> obliterate the Bucks in the air and then, as Colin alludes to, in their pass rush. It's Mr. David, Mr. White, and Mr. Pierre Paul. So you're going with the Bucks to win, yeah? Just a little. Just, and you, you're both picking the box as well? Oh, yeah. Full, full house, yeah? Full, full house. I was tempted to say the Falcons, but I think the Buccaneers will move to 9-5. and five. Brady to have the best game of the season so far for me. I think they'll score over 30. Over 30, which is not hard against the Atlanta Falcons, who let me and Colin down by not going to London this year, so I, I'm going to hold that against them forever. In fairness to the Falcons, they haven't given up over 30 points since week four. Well... Put the money on it now then, Brian. <laughs> <laughs> the Irish NFL betting show is coming next season. Not. Um, we have to talk about this game. I'm sorry, but the 1-12 Jacksonville Jaguars going against the 8-5 Baltimore Ravens. Colin, is there any hope in hell that the Jacksonville Jaguars will win this game? Yes or no? No. But <laughs> for me, the talking point at, at this game is not so much... The, the fact that the Ravens are going to beat up on the Jags. It's what happened in the, the Ravens game um, against the Browns, and it's the fact that Marcus Peters spat at Landry. And Marcus Peters is a controversial character. He was run out of Kansas City. He was run out of the Rams. When you had Sean McVay decide he's had enough of you, Andy Reid has decided he's had enough of you, um, you've got a real issue. And he is, I think, a big, big issue for the Ravens. Um, Shannon Sharp talked about it during the week, and he talked about, um, he was very annoyed by it. They talked about Bill Romanowski, who did it for the Broncos. Uh, and it was interesting, because Shannon talked about how that brought the team together, because Elway stood up, and, and they talked about it, and actually led to the Broncos winning the Super Bowl. That's not going to be the case with the, this Ravens team. Um, I, I do think John Harbaugh is going to have to look long and hard at Peters, because because um, that's just not acceptable. And it really puts um, you know, a, an asterisk um, beside what should have been a real statement performance for the Ravens against the Browns. They're going to win this game today. But to me, we'll keep an eye on, on that going forward and what it might mean for their playoff hopes. Do you agree with Colm? Do you think this is an easy win for the Ravens? It should be. It should be. Uh, Jackson is 6-0 when he's played against teams that have... Sorry, that were in the bottom three in terms of giving up yards and rushing. And you've got Dobbins, Edwards, and Jackson himself who can run. They've got their mojo back in offense. 34 points against the Cowboys, 45 last week. They look like they're going in the right direction again. Jackson seems to be back firing again after his little COVID situation and his poop last Monday evening <laughs> in the game against the Browns. And the Jags at this stage are focusing on that number one pick. Hopefully, they can find a way to get it. Because I think that's really what everyone wants. Well, I mean... Mark, will, will Lamar Jackson find a way to stay on the field this week and not have to run anywhere? Oh, well, M Lamar Jackson might. He pulled out Paul Pierce last week or James Brown, whichever you want to allude to. Maybe he's just going to mimic another great sporting comeback or achievement. Maybe he's going to limp off the field and then come back with uh, a victory on mind. A bit like Johnny Sexton playing fly half for Ireland, probably. Um, 
The funny thing about Lamar is last week, of course, he had his fifth game with more than 100 rushing yards and a rush TD. It's actually overtaken Michael Vick's historical record in that regard. Marcus Peters, like, what a joke. The most overrated corner in the NFL. And a real question for the Ravens here. You look back at the Ray Lewis, Terrell Suggs era, there was always that enforcer. You knew that no tolerance would be given to nonsense. You had to stand up. I, I just wonder, I mean, where is, you know, Marshall Yander as well on the O-line there, you know, where is that enforcer in that Raven side and what is going to be the player's reaction to this type of behaviour? Um, look, I feel sorry for the Jags. I mean, this year, they're 31st in pass defence when you go by passer rating and then you think to yourself, OK, well, you know, maybe they're good against the run. Last week, they gave over two, up over 200 yards to Derrick Henry and they're playing one of the most efficient running teams in the NFL. There's only one winner. Well, the Jaguars have won two out of the last three against the Ravens, and they lead the series because the Jaguars are younger than me, 12 and 9. There's more chance of London winning the All-Ireland next year than there is of the Jaguars winning this game today. The Ravens scored 47 last week. They could score 47 again today. We talked about this last week for a different game, but I think it was the Jets, what the record or tying record NFL score is. That could easily be broken today if the Ravens start this game effectively. One player I said would do well last week, and he didn't, to be fair, Mark Andrews. I think he's going to have a good day today. I'm going to say that every week until he gets a couple of touchdowns. Um, thanks for your opinions, gentlemen. Another full house. Look at this. Let's see if we can keep this going. We've got America's team, the Dallas Cowboys, 4-9, and nine, and the San Francisco 49ers, 5-8. and eight. If this was 1995, this would be the biggest game of the year. But, Colin, who have you got uh, going, into the t going into this game today? Yeah, I mean, this used to be such a big game. Troy Aikman, Steve Young... Not the case, but for me, the fact that is that like even beat up the 49ers are defending reasonably well. Um, the offense is a, a totally different um, story, and I think we have learned that while uh, Nick Mullins might be an adequate backup, he is not a starting uh, NFL QB. The, the problem for Dallas is they they are just so bad against the, the run. And um, when Jeff Reinbold was on with us, he talked about the fact that they just can't seem to improve. Generally, if a team has a problem, you know, the coaches will work on it and it gets better. Dallas seemed to get worse. And I expect the 49ers are gonna run all over them. Um, and I, I just can't see past the, the 49ers um, getting to, to six and eight. Maybe they're on their way to 500 for the season. We'll see. Take your Giants hat off right now. Who's going to win this game? And be honest, because the Cowboys have a chance here, I think. I, I am picking the Cowboys. Oh, right. And last week when you were joking about the Cowboys, I gave you the theory <laughs> that their season isn't over because the division is so bad and they have to beat the Bengals. Look, it's, it's highly unlikely, but at the same time, they've got an opportunity. For all the stick that Jimmy Garoppolo gets, the 49ers have only won six games in the time since he came into the 49ers. So he is a steady quarterback. Mullen, you're right, is not the answer. And we touched on it with Jeff last night. Elliot doesn't look himself this year. He's, only, he's had five games with 50 or less yards, and he only had six of those in four years before this year. But at the same time, I think the 49ers are fizzling out now. They've lost two on the bounce. Cowboys still have a chance, albeit slim, and for that reason, pick the Cowboys. So our full house is gone. Now, obviously mentioning Jimmy G there, you know, obviously you've got great memories as a Patriots fan. He's got how many rings and he didn't do anything? He's so. got two rings. He's got twice as many as Aaron Rodgers. He's he didn't, he didn't, he didn't, he didn't, he didn't play. 
He didn't know he didn't play, and it's, in fairness, it's, it's the only really, time he really. did play for the Patriots, of course he got himself injured. Uh, when he played a great game, winning 23-21 away to the Cards, and he got injured halfway through the first home game against the Dolphins. When he looked the business, I mean, he looked uh, exactly what San Francisco paid for, effectively. Um, but he keeps getting injured, and he keeps being inconsistent in his play. Obviously, the Super Bowl last year was a prime example. Um, the 49ers, I mean you know, befuddled by injuries this year. Let's be, let's be honest about it. It's not just Jimmy G. It's been George Kittle. It's been a lot of players, a lot of key starters. Couldn't agree more. This is the ghost of Christmas past game. You know, Neon Dion, um, you know, uh, oh God, Jerry Rice, Joe Montana. Even we could go Roger Storback, even Kaepernick and Romo. Seriously, guys, you know, Andy Red Rocket Dalton, versus Nick Mullins does not really do it for me. When you say he looks the business, you're always referring to the fact that he's a good-looking man. Is that what you're talking absolutely, about? Absolutely, Brian, absolutely. Jimmy GQ, Jimmy GQ. Um, the 49ers, um, I, I applauded them earlier in the year. With the injuries and the disruption they've suffered, I think it's a strong sign in what uh, Lynch and what Shanahan are building there, that they've played tough, they've looked combined as a team unit, and they've pulled off some unexpected games. And even the ones they've lost... Um, they've been competitive and they've performed well in it. Um, I honestly, if you want a random bet this week, Carl Juszczyk has scored a receiving touchdown in the last two games. That might indicate just how worrisome the 49ers offense is, but maybe he makes it three in a row. And to me, they have enough to beat the Cowboys. Obviously, that game is at the Woolshed Bar and Grill. If you want to come down along with all the six o'clock games, uh, you'll come down... It's a safe atmosphere, as you can see, socially distanced as well. So please come down if you, if you can, if you're an NFL fan. Look, <laughs> how do you build this up? I mean, the 49ers have been decimated by injuries, and two of the biggest states in America in terms of population are going to be forced to watch this game today. So it's going to be funny in that sense. They have no other choice. Uh, for me, I think the Cowboys are going to win. Uh, the 49ers lost to another NFC East team last week in Washington. I have the Cowboys win. I think the Cowboys will win by, by, by maybe a touchdown or maybe 10 points. I think Elliot, if he plays, correct me if I'm wrong, but if Elliot plays, I think he, he gets better. I know Jeff Reinbold was talking last night about, you know, he hasn't had a great year, but is, is he scheduled to play today, yeah? He, he is yes, scheduled sir. to play, but Jeff made a great point about Pollard. And he actually, when he's played and his limited snaps, has seemed more dynamic, has seemed more interested, and has got some momentum for them. So, you know, um, Zeke well, likes to eat, but he needs to eat and show up and play football as well. Yeah, it's, it's like everything in life. You can't just eat all the time and do nothing else. Um, it's time for Zeke to maybe show up a bit more and actually you know, show what he's worth. It hasn't been a great season for him. But we love the Irish Cowboys fans. I feel like we're giving them a really hard time this season, so I, I personally apologise. Thanks to Colin for breaking the, the duck with the full house there. Um, talk about full house. I mean, I'm presuming we'll all be a full house here. The 4-9 Texans against the 9-4 Colts. So this game's in Indianapolis. Uh, huge game for the Colts to go 10-4, and four, surely? Yeah, um, Mark mentioned uh, Joe Montana there, and the Texans made Mitchell Trubisky look like vintage Joe Montana last weekend. <laughs> that, that tells you something about how bad the Texans' defense is. It is horrifically bad. Um, the only thing going for that franchise is Deshaun Watson. He got sacked 
seven times last weekend. He has nobody to throw to, and he's still true for over 200 yards. He's a phenomenon. He needs to get out of there as quickly as he possibly can because he really deserves to be um, at a team that is going somewhere, and the Texans, I don't think, are, are going anywhere. Um, they're not going anywhere in this game either because the Coles Rivers has been very good and the defense has been outstandingly good. That was on show against the Raiders. Every um, facet of the defense played really, really well and they will... They, only, they just about got over the line a couple of weeks ago. Um, I think they, they win much more comfortably today. Yeah, they, they played each other two weeks ago. And they're back here again. Groundhog Day. What's your thoughts, Brown? Well, last week again, the, we've, we've discussed over the past few weeks the fact that the Texans keep giving up 100-plus yards in the run game on defense. And last week, they did it again to Montgomery, the Bears. The Bears ran all over them. Jonathan Taylor for the Colts came back from his injury last week against the Raiders. Albeit the Raiders' defense is in a similar situation. He had a great game. I would expect him to be fired on all cylinders in this game again. They're averaging 30 points a game, the Colts. Um, I can't see past the Colts, to be honest. And I haven't been picking them of late, and maybe I have to start getting on the Colts love train. So this week, deep. <laughs> well, I mean, the Colts love train. What, what year is this, 2006? Mark, I mean. Oh, yeah, the, the Colts look good. They look efficient. They look like they are a meaningful team. You know, Andrew Luck's retirement could have sunk a different franchise. But in fact, and this pains me to say, the Colts front office has been playing a blinder for the last couple of years. Uh, and even the acquisition of Philip Rivers, which many people, including myself, questioned a little bit, saying, does he still have the arm strength? Does he still have the desire? Is proving a nice sink. Jonathan Taylor turned up. That defense is still super efficient. Darius Leonard, back to his business. A couple of weeks ago, DeForest Buckner, obviously acquired for a first-round pick, had a couple of sacks of Deshaun Watson. So they're here for real. They're here to play. And they're playing, and bear in mind, guys, the last five years, this would normally be the division decider. You know, how the Texans-Colts games go would decide who's really <clears throat> going to be in primacy. You know, the Texans have a long, long way back. Deshaun Watson is a star, but what else do they have around him? And if you're a head coach, Michael, and I know you want to be, so you can be, you can be head coach of the Texans. If they're interviewing you, I would say you probably have more questions for the ownership of the Texans <laughs> than they will have for you right about now. Colts to win it. Look, there's four factors here, right? For a start, uh, the Texans let 36 points in against the Bears last week. Ding. Uh, the Colts scored 44 points last week. Ding. Philip Rivers. Ding. Jonathan Taylor. Ding. Look at the Texans from a year ago. How times have changed. And as a Broncos fan, we know how times can change very quick. Uh, I don't think the Texans have a chance here. I think they're going to go uh, four and ten and ruin us in the draft even more so. So I think the Colts will not, like, I mean, the last time they won by six points, I think it'll be a lot more. I think it'll be 14 to 20 today, to be honest. Hopefully I'm wrong. Hopefully it'll be a very enjoyable red zone game by maybe 8.30 in the witching hour, but I can't see it. Um, the six and seven New England Patriots at the 8-5 Miami Dolphins. A hell of a year for Miami. It's just beautiful, Colin, isn't it, that the Dolphins have a better record than the Patriots? <laughs> yeah, and this is going to be an interesting game because, obviously, look, you got Belichick, Flores. Um, the nice thing for the Patriots is they had, they've had a decent rest, um, which, given what Aaron Donald did to them and the rest <laughs> of the Rams' defense, you know, they got a chance to, to, to recuperate. Um, it has been... Uh, 
a bizarre season in Foxborough. Um, they have a, a, a quarterback who has thrown twice the number of uh, interceptions as, as touchdowns. Um, I think this is a game for me that's going to probably be played on the, on the ground. I mean, both of these teams are really strong in the secondary. Like in, um, that's where their, their strengths are. Um, if they have any sense, um, don't throw against either secondary. Um, you would have to say that the Dolphins are favourites. And if the Pats lose one more game, then the best they can hope for is a 500 record. You've got to go back to the year 2000 for, for a similar uh, sort of uh, season for the Pats. Oh, that's beautiful. I mean, there's so many stats that we could bring up. You know, the Euro was brought in 2000, wasn't it? I mean, for a start, I was nine years old then. Uh, Brian, beautiful. Beautiful. And, and funny enough, 2000 is the season that to keep getting compared to because that's the average run rate on their offense. Yeah. 20, 20 average points that season, 20 average points this year. We always talk about Belichick when he comes up against rookie quarterbacks, how efficient he is, he can manage them. He did it a few weeks ago against Herbert. But two this year, nine touchdowns, one interception, and that was last week, which was a tip ball, which you couldn't really blame on him. I think the Dolphins will win. They have to win, obviously, because they're going for the playoffs. Um, I see that kind of streak ending where Belichick takes care of rookie quarterbacks on the opposition. For me, it's the Dolphins. And I'm surprised by the line. It's only one and a half. So, very short. Literally a pick game. I can't see how the Dolphins won't win. You boys are enjoying this a lot. I get it. You're enjoying it a lot. Week one, the Patriots beat the Dolphins. And the Dolphins like to think of themselves at the moment as this Leviathan arising from the deep, willing to wreck chaos and mayhem across all. But the reality is the Leviathan was the sea monster and the behemoth was the land monster. The New England Patriots still have the vestiges of the behemoth. The game is played in land. It's not played in the ocean, guys. And the Patriots will have enough to put the porpoises back in their cage again. Uh, Bill Belichick's record, nine rookie quarterbacks in a row. He's taken the knockdown. Geno Smith, actually, of all people, was the last to beat the Pats in overtime. Uh, 2013, I think it was. And can't agree more that this isn't a vintage Patriots side in any manner of means and that the Dolphins are impressive. But Belichick is going to throw a lot of curveballs at Tua. Um, he hasn't seen a defense with the complexity that the Patriots has. He hasn't seen a secondary as good as the Patriots have had. And they will win this game and be the spoiler to the Dolphins as they've done to us too many times. Sorry, Michael, just a quick one. Yeah, um, yeah. Tua's favorite target seems to be Kaziki, the uh, tight end, and the Patriots, in fairness, have taken care of tight ends this year. They've only given up one touchdown to a tight end. So they might need to realign the game plan in terms of who they go to. Our folks on their own game. The lone wolf over here picking the Patriots. Well, I'm not picking the Patriots. I'm never <laughs> picking the Patriots. Um, let's be quite frank. If Miami start this game off effectively and maybe get the first score or maybe the first score and a field goal, go 10, 14 points up, they'll win this game comfortably. If they don't and they allow Cam Newton to become confident in his offense, the Patriots have a chance. In reality, Tua should take care of this team. Two touchdowns and an interception last week. He needs to improve on that this week. Three touchdowns, maybe four touchdowns hopefully, <laughs> and trying to get rid of those interceptions. There's nothing worse than a rookie quarterback or a quarterback in this second or third year column with a couple of, a couple of interceptions. This Dolphins team looks a lot better than what they have been. They've been a really shock factor this season. I'm going to pick them to go nine and five. So nine, no. Eight and, not six. Eight and six. It's not going to happen. Look, let's, um, do we have to talk about this game? The Bears against the Vikings, six and seven. I'm joking, by the way. We've got some great Bears fans. But Colin, what's your thoughts on this game, Bears-Vikings? 
I think this is a really interesting game. I think there's um, because this is essentially a playoff game between these two teams yeah. because both of them have to win. Uh, I think people are going to read too much into the Bears last week. They took advantage of what we've already described as just a horrendously bad Texans team, and they they got to to Watson. The Vikings are not a good defense, okay, but they're not as bad as that Texans and. When you look at Dalvin Cook, he managed over 100 yards against that Bucks defense um, last week. That Bucks defense is serious against the run, and he still got 100 yards. If, if the Vikings can keep Cousins upright, which has been a problem, I think between Dalvin Cook and Justin Jefferson, they have enough to, to win this and to keep their playoff hopes alive. Mitch Trubisky. Five or six games this year, he scored over 24 points. But yeah, at the start of the season, he was getting a terrible stick, and then they went with fouls, and that was a disaster. And I think he's unfairly treated, to be honest. Look, I know he's not the long-term answer for the Bears. I think we all agree that, but in fairness, he has played reasonably well recently. And I don't trust the Vikings anymore, because when you think they're going to win games, like they beat Jags two weeks ago, they struggled to beat them, they got away with that one. The week before that, against the Panthers, they were giving up nearly buff fumbles <laughs> to the same player two, two plays in a row. Cook, yeah, he's a fantastic player, but it seems to be all on him and Jefferson, obviously, as well. But um, the Vikings haven't, been, haven't gone to the playoffs two years in a row since 2008, 2009, and they're not going to this year because the Bears are going to end that for them this weekend on picking the Bears. You know, I, I alluded to the Bears having a roller coaster season, and, that, you know, I just think they're on the up curve. I mean, I don't want to read too much into last week, but they started so hot, somewhat luckily, some would say, they had a bad patch, obviously, they've, they've, um, and now they've rebounded with a, with a good win that actually does put them into real contention. With the card slipping, that seventh wild card spot is absolutely up for grabs. And you look at the running for the Bears compared to the cards, and indeed compared to the Vikings, it is much more favourable. So this is, a wild, this is a wild card game. This is a playoff game 100%. Because whoever loses it, Probably gone. Almost impossible. They'd have to go 8-8 eight and eight and have a lot of things go their way. But I think the Chicago Bears are somehow, someway... It sounds illogical. The Vikings have Dalvin Cook. They have Justin Jefferson. They have Kendricks on defense. They have Cousins, who's a far more functioning quarterback than Mitch Trubitsky. But the Vikings have defied logic this year. The Bears have rarely had logic in the last quarter of a century, in fairness. But they will have enough... Yeah, yeah, they will. They will. I'm not talking myself into this. They will have enough, and they will win this game. So the Bears and the Patriots both to win today. That's, I'm, I'm loving this. Um, do you remember back in 2008 when United won the Premier League and the Champions League and stuff, right? And they had realistically Ronaldo carried them with 42 goals in 2008. Well, this is all Dalvin Cook today. Dalvin Cook's going to get three rushing touchdowns today and carry this team to a victory, which will improve them to 7-7, seven and seven, which by my reckoning will actually put the Vikings top of the NFC East. Brian, if they were in the <laughs> NFC, um, <laughs> but I don't they're not think, in the NFC. They're not in the NFC. But if you gave me Mitchell Trubisky and David Montgomery, or gave me Kirk Cousins and Dalvin Cook, I'd pick Cousins and Cook all day long. You like that? You like, like that? that? Yeah, I like that too. Right. Happy days. Uh, Detroit Lions five and eight. Titans nine and four. Is this a contest? It's at Tennessee. 
No. Right. No, this is, <laughs> this is one where the Titans, ha- I mean, everything just lines up for them. Um, Derek Henry comes into his own at this time of year. We saw that last week. 215 yards. The Lions' defense is not good. We don't know if Matthew Stafford is going to, to play. Um, he, he's the, the one thing that the, the Lions really have going for them. Um, between Henry and Tannehill, I mean, I, I, the Lions won't have enough to stop both. Um, the, for me, the, the Titans are moving to 10-4. and four. Yeah, when teams go into the Titans' stadium, they seem to always focus on, on King Henry because he has, actually hasn't ran for over 85 yards in five of the seven home games this year, which is a surprise because when they go on the road, he's putting up huge numbers. The Lions are terrible at this stage of the season. They're gone. They need a new GM. They need a new head coach. The fans are more interested in what's happening off the field than on... The Titans have to win to keep up the Colts because we've all think that the Colts are going to beat the Texans. And then next week, the Titans go to the Packers and the Colts go to the Steelers. So that could be the weekend that makes and breaks that division. Yeah, Titans will win and keep up with the Colts. Whoa, 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 whoa. whoa. Get the trampoline out, boys. The, the Lions are bouncing. Oh, They're bouncing back. They've got rid of Patricia and they've actually performed immeasurably better than they have for the rest of the season. They had that great comeback against the Bears, which probably evened out that season. The Bears should have lost the first game. The, tie- the Lions should have lost the second game. But, you know, it goes in roundabouts. Um, the Titans' defense is not the unit it was last year. There's a lot of flaws, actually, on third down. And it has been more porous than I'm sure Mike Vrabel would like. But if you look at this, I actually look at this as almost like the cracked mirror. Both sides are looking at each other in kind of what would be in a bizarro world. Because I think the Lions, when they hired Patricia wanted the kind of uh, spirit decor, they wanted the kind of uh, the visage and visage that Vrabel's team puts out and that unity uh, that he engenders in that regard. They didn't get that. They got a very different environment altogether. So they might be looking at this and say what might have been. Huge credit to Derrick Henry. First player ever, 200-plus yards and two touchdowns in four games. Eric Dickerson didn't do that. Walter Payton didn't do that. O.J. Simpson didn't do that. Um, he did other things. Um, but um, King, Dev- King Henry will still have enough, but it will not be a runaway. This will be a field goal game. Michael, just one, one thing. Mark says that the, the Lions are playing better than they did under Matt Patricia. That is akin to winning a taller-than-Danny DeVito contest. <laughs> and at that rate, I would still struggle, to be honest, because I'm not that tall. But... Let's just be quite frank right now, Mark. If this was 2011, I'd be like, okay, Adrian Peterson might run it in two or three times. No, not going to happen. Stafford's checked out. Won't even, probably won't even play. The Lions have checked out five and nine. No. <laughs> I'm moving on. I'm not even trying because we're, we're going to focus on the rest of the games. This next game is the Woolshed uh, Ban Grills game of the week. So feel free to come down today and watch this game this evening. It's the Washington football team who had a big win last week column uh, against the 9-4 and four Seattle Seahawks, the leaders and probably eventual winners of the NFC East column. W- what's your thoughts on this game? Um, an interesting one because both of these teams are playing um, very different opponents than they faced last week. So you look at the, the Seahawks um, <laughs> played the, the hapless Jets um, and the, the Washington football team went up against a 49ers team who 
just can't play offense. Um, Washington didn't score a single offensive touchdown and still won the game. Um, Russell Wilson, um, he wasn't sacked last week. I think that's the first time he hasn't been sacked this season. He's got to face Chase Young. Uh, The Seahawks have not been good uh, about protecting Wilson, and I think that is going to, to hurt them. I, I still think they should have enough because with Alex Smith out, I think Washington will, will really struggle to, to move the, the ball. And the, the Seahawks are better on offense than the, the 49ers. But it will be a, a very close game. And I expect Wilson to, to spend an awful lot of time uh, running for his life. Yeah, we keep focusing on Chase Young, but Montez Sweat was the first round pick the year before. They've got Jonathan Allen, Kerrigan comes up as back comes in as a backup on the defensive line. Darian Payne, they're stacked and they've had a really good season. You can see what a top five defence. And last week, yeah, they won the game. It was the first time since 1992 that they didn't score a touchdown in a game that they won. They got two touchdowns off their defence. Their defence at the moment is carrying them because their offence didn't do anything last week. Yeah, you're right, they are the favourites for the division, I'll give you that. But Alex Smith isn't going to play and Dwayne Haskins is Dwayne Haskins and when he's supposed to be on the field taking a snap, you know, at the end of the game um, to run the clock. He's in the dressing room celebrating. So that's the, type, the kind of quarterback you've got there. <laughs> Actually, another, another one for you. Washington have won the seven of the last eight games against the Seahawks. That's some stack because Brandon White, how well the Seahawks have been over the last five years. But Carroll has won six of the last eight games against Riverboat Ron, and he's going to make a seven on Sunday, Seattle to win. Yeah, I was going to say, Riverboat Ron is 1-5 against the Seahawks as a team, all of them against Pete Carroll and being thoroughly destroyed. Um, If Alex Smith was playing, I would give Washington more of a chance. Again, we're talking about two teams heading up their divisions at this stage. Um, uh, Oh, sorry, the Seahawks just behind the Rams. But the football team's doing all right, Brian. So uh, I'm sure you're happy about that. I I, I think it is very simple. Uh, Seahawks have too much. Washington's D-line will be impressive and will be dangerous, but as long as Seattle's O-line stops Russell Wilson from actual death, they'll be okay. Seahawks to win. I probably wouldn't go as far as actual death, but I do agree with what you're saying. Um, I think Seattle's going to have too much for this team on both sides of the ball. The major factor, though, isn't like DK Metcalf. It's the fact that Alex Smith isn't playing for the football team. Still can't say that right. Football team, the Washington football team. Um, so me, you, you know that means there could be a chain, change at the top of the division come the end of the night. Well, yeah, and I also think and we're going to talk about this in a second because the next game is the Eagles game. But I think this is a huge week for the Eagles because I think Washington loses, the Giants lose. But but, but see, you're, we'll talk about that now in a second. The Seahawks are my lock of the week. Uh, I know they're sitting nine and four and. It's probably going to be decent enough, or not, not great odds in that sense, but lock of the week. Go, going out on a limb there, Michael. Going well, out on a limb. limb. <laughs> uh, I, I went out on a limb Put, Push the boat out today. And, uh, well, look, I mean, the thing is, last week we sat for the first half an hour, and some of the games that we previewed were a disgrace. Like, 1 in 10, like 1 in 12, 0-13 or whatever. So, no, there, there's a lot of games this week where, okay, there's a few games like 6 and 7, etc. but Seahawks are the best value, I think. Okay, if you want to make it a lock of the week and maybe throw in maybe two DK Metcalf touchdowns, is that, is that better? Is that, it has yeah. the makings of a good game, though. In fairness. It has, it has the makings of a good game, but as you said, Dwayne Haskins, for me, it's not, it's, it's not going to happen, is it? Hopefully, see Brian's face on Monday Night Football. It would be hilarious if it did happen, but we'll, we'll obviously come back to that after. Staying on the NFC East, the 4-8-1. 
Rocky rising Philadelphia Eagles are making a push for the championship against the Arizona Cardinals, who are 7-6. Now, Colin, Jalen Hurts comes in last week, and Brian starts to sweat a wee bit as a Giants fan. What's your thoughts on this? Do you think the Eagles have a chance at all? Well, Brian was saying that the, the Seahawks-Washington has the makings of a good game. I think this one has the makings of a really interesting game. Neither of um, these teams are particularly good against the run. Um, that won't be surprising to any Broncos fans that uh, a Vance Joseph team is struggling against the run. Mm. And um, with the Eagles bringing in Jalen Hurts, who ran 18 times um, last weekend, it it could make it interesting. Um, both of these teams as well, very good in terms of pass rush. Um, Brian probably has nightmares about what happened last weekend. Eight sacks. And it didn't seem to matter who was in a quarterback. They just got to him. And uh, the, the Eagles, obviously, throughout the, the season have been uh, getting to, to quarterback. So I would expect... Both of these quarterbacks are mobile. Um, both of them are going to be running a lot. Uh, I think the, the Cardinals should just about have enough, which I think will probably please Brian. Um, but I think this could be a really, really close game. The battle of the Oklahoma quarterbacks, Hurts and, and Kyler Murray. And uh, the first quarterback to run for over 100 yards and, and throw a touchdown on his debut since 1950, well before your time, Michael. Well that shows how difficult it is. Well before my time. That's just shows how difficult it is. Not so long before Mark now. <laughs> <laughs> now, in fairness, Kyler Murray last week looked, I know he only ran for 47 yards and he was running for around 90, 100, but he looked back to himself. He did a number on the Giants and that Eagles defense has been poor all season. And they didn't close the game out well properly last week against the Saints. The Saints, the Saints did a lot of mistakes last week. They were poor and we had a conversation that they really need Breeze back. I think Murray will run all over the Seagulls' defence this week. Hurts won't have the game he had last week. There's footage on him now. The Cardinals had six, seven sacks last week. I'd say they'll have five or six again this week. Cardinals will win. Good night, Irene. Philadelphia Eagles' season's over. Brian's been doing a lot of research in the 1950s because he's been seeing if Way Tittle could maybe take over for Daniel Jones, probably. <laughs> um, the reality is in this game, it is going to be a fascinating game to see. I mean, Jalen Hurts now, um, teams have had a week to glin up on him a little bit more, see how they were utilizing him. The Cardinals uh, will definitely be more prepared. Uh, and can he repeat that magic or was it just a little bit of lightning in the bottle? Uh, the, the Eagles have the talent. They have the talent of wide receiver. They've been let down by their O-line. They've been let down by their linebacker core, which has been very poor. But again, last week... Their defense was more coherent and consistent than I've seen all season so far. And on the converse, the Cardinals, after such a great start, have gone through a blip. Murray looked more himself last week. And maybe this is going to be the magic game. It depends who's going to make the most magic happen. Is it going to be Jalen Hurts or is it going to be Kyler Murray? And I'm going with my preseason bet and fancy to stay just ahead in that competitive wildcard race. Carl Murray, Arizona Cardinals, 8-6. Do it for Larry. Do it for Larry. Do it for Larry. Not for Brian. Well, I'm going to say the Eagles boys are going to do it for Brian and do it for me this week. Um, it's a bit like a Rocky movie where Stallone's a bit down and he gets up, like last week, just about gets over the line. They still won the game. That's all that matters. And Jalen Hurts will be sitting this week going, do you know what? If I win this game this week, I'm sitting 5-8. and eight. We have two games to go. There's still a chance. 
I have Philadelphia winning this game. I think the, com- the combination of, well, Zach Ertz is back, isn't he now? Was he out at the start of the season? Yeah, he's been out for He's been out, yeah. But he's back now, isn't he? Yeah. So, why not? But, Mike, Michael, saying that, they won't be 5-8. and eight. They'll be 5-8-1. and one. Even better. And that one could be a very important factor. A very important factor come week 17. Who do the Giants play week 17, bro? We play home to the Cowboys. Oh. And, Washington, <laughs> and Washington play the Eagles. Where at? Philly? Yes. My God. Well, that's definitely something to look for. For me, I'm going to pick the Eagles. I've got it as headlock of the week now, but I think the Eagles will win this game. Lock of the really week? Do. Going into Arizona? No, you're, no, no, no. You're, no, you're, no what about he's, al- he's already the, used the lock of the week. He's used the lock of the week. Uh, I'll say, you, sh- you, know what? you know what? Thank you for this marketing tool now. Shock of the week. Eagles. Shock of the week. Against the Cardinals. Uh, they'll move on to 5 8 and 1 and make it a hell of a last two weeks in the NFL and make one man in North Dublin sweat throughout Christmas. And I My, cannot wait to Shock of the week is coming now, isn't it? No, 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 it's not coming at all. <laughs> but Michael, it's two birds teams. So bear in mind, Alfred Hitchcock's great movie in the 1950s, The Birds. And frankly, if the Eagles don't win or don't pick up performance, the Philadelphia fans will be like the birds attacking Tippy Hedren and destroying what's left of that front office. And t- <laughs> See, I told you you knew about the 1950s. Yeah, of course. Of course. <laughs> we didn't even learn 1950s in school, hey? so I, I must give you a shout at some point. Here, we've got 15 minutes left in the show, so can we just use that time effectively and get through this very quickly? The Jets are one thirteen at the Rams. I'm going to say the Rams by 20. Can we just, because I want us to like, obviously spend time. If you want to talk about it, go on ahead. But go on ahead, Colin. Um, this Jets team is historically bad. I think it's going to set all sorts of records. <laughs> the most interesting thing about the Jets is what, is what is the number one pick going to do? Does he stay back in college? Does he pull an Elway and refuse to go there? I think that is probably the most interesting yeah. thing to watch with the Jets. This Rams team, um, the, the defense is monstrous, um, and the Patriots found that out. Uh, the, this is a game where maybe Jared Goff can get some of his mojo back. The Rams all day, all night. I know there's Jets fans that watch the show, and I hope there's Rams fans out there, so I think it would be a disservice not to talk about the game properly, Michael, you know? There's a, there's a Northern Ireland Rams fans group. Well, there you have got it, so yeah, you, you've got to give them their few minutes. But they're going to win, yeah? I'm not sure. Oh, come on. <laughs> come on. I'm not sure how many points they're going to score. <laughs> <laughs> the Jets have given up over 30 points to teams outside of the division. The only games where they've kept teams below 30 is where they've been reasonably competitive in divisional games. The Rams are going to win because I said it last week. The Rams needed to beat the Patriots because they knew they were going to win this game and that allows them to beat Seattle next week and win the division. The Rams will win and cover the 17.5 points handicap. Yeah, I mean, the Jets are zoning in, as Colin alludes to, on so many records. The worst point differential history in, in NFL history that uh, is one that particularly stands out. Um, they're not keeping it close. They're not keeping it competitive. I called it weeks ago. They're going 0-16 very clearly. Um, but credit here again, because we don't give enough to just how effective that Rams defense is. I think, as I said before, I think it's four points they're averaging giving up in the second half of games. So it's not just they're a great unit. They adjust so well, and the coaching so strong. It's not just Aaron Donald. You've got Brockers. You've got Leonard Floyd. You had Kenny Young having a 79-yard inception return on Newton last week. They are a unit, and they are not the Buffalo Bills. The Los Angeles Rams are the true dark horse, I would say, for the Super Bowl this year. You can't talk down about my Buffalo Bills. Uh, They're not even my team. I still believe in them. 
regardless of the result on Sunday or Saturday because this is recorded. Uh, but we'll move on. Why is this game not Sunday Night Football? Like, seriously, like, why is this game seriously not Sunday Night Football? The 12 and 1 Kansas City Chiefs, the 10 and 3 New right. Orleans Saints column, my friend. First of all, is Drew Brees back? Has it been confirmed yet? He is. He is back. back. That, that is the, the talk of the NFL. Now, they threw everybody for a wobble because we heard constantly, he, no, they weren't going to risk him, they weren't going to risk him, and then all of a sudden, he's back. And they kept that very quiet and, and fair play to the dressing room because apparently he's been practicing, they knew he was going to be the starter. The problem for Drew Brees is he's back and the Honey Badger is playing lights out. He is uh, just, he's a phenomenal player. He is the, the defense, he embodies the Kansas City um, defense. I mean, last week the ball just, like, he was there and it's just to catch it on, on the bounce. And everything just seems to be going his way at the moment. Um, and I think that, that Brees, for a first game back, that is, that's less than ideal, I, I would say. Um, if you're the Saints, you probably actually want to look at the Broncos offense plan, which is quite saying something that you're looking at a Broncos offense. But Melvin Gordon um, had a day against the, the Chiefs. Um, and, and I think if I was the, the Saints, that's what I'd be looking at in terms of Alvin uh, Kamara, get him going. Um, I'd be bringing Hill in on certain plays to, to try that. The problem for the Saints is that Mahomes was intercepted three times. Mahomes was sacked three times. One of those for 30 yards. They still win games. In between, like, all of the, the bad stuff that he does, Hill, Kelsey. Travis Kelsey is the number one receiver in the league. The tight end is the number one receiver in the league. The Chiefs are ridiculous, and they, they will win what's going to be a fascinating football uh, game against two really brilliant head coaches. For me, keep an eye on third down on, on this game because the Chiefs convert so frequently, um, but the Saints defense tends to, to do really well. Really interesting game. Just in case, Brian, because I've seen you go like, oh, there now. There's obviously a crowd in the bar over beside us. Liverpool have just scored a touchdown against Crystal Palace. <laughs> just wanted to let you know that. But, 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 it, but it sounded like Tyler was only a field goal. <laughs> yeah, you asked why this game wasn't flexed to Sunday Night Football because CBS, and rightly so, would not give that game up. Yeah. They didn't want to send Jim Nance and Tony Romo off somewhere else. So there's your reason. Um, when you look at reasons as to why, how the Saints can win the game, you think of the defense this year. You know, up to last week, they'd only given up an average of 17 points per game. But then you look at Mahomes, and every time he's played against the top five defense in the league, he still wins. He's 8 0. You've touched on Kelsey, 749 yards this season. Unbelievable stats, you know. And then you look at the away record. We touched on last week. Mark said Patriots have the record. They don't. I double-checked that after that. They're going for 11 wins in a row, which is an NFL record. So I don't see it changing. And uh, I, can, I understand why Breeze is playing because they know now that the, they've lost that opportunity to be the number one seed. You know, the Packers are ahead of them, and they need Breeze back because I touched on it. Uh, Taysom Hill isn't the answer in the long run. Um, but I still think the Chiefs will win, and the Chiefs will wrap up number one seed soon enough. The Patriots have 14 regular season away wins in a row. I'll Here we show go. and point you, them out to you. you. Don't you worry. You Don't you worry. Here we go. You need to tell LFM.com anyway, that. Uh, Kelsey also has 1,250 yards. But don't worry about it, Brian. Don't worry about it. Anyway, um, the reality of this game is this, for me, we're coming into Christmas. This is the ultimate Christmas movie. This, ladies and gentlemen, is Die Hard. That's the best Christmas movie there is. We are up at the top of the Nakatomi building. John McClane is doing his thing, shooting up stuff. P 
People are blowing up helicopters. The FBI are running around clueless. This is explosive. This is going to be a great game, even if Drew Brees isn't necessarily back to full fitness and isn't going to be. They were talking about two of the top teams in the NFL, a potential Super Bowl preview, perhaps, obviously, not the wildest suggestion. Um, and the Kansas City Chiefs, I think, are going to win the game, though, and it's also around Clark and Jones on the, the D-line as well, not just what they can do on offense because they are starting to rev up. And, of course, when Kansas City is scoring the points that they do, the D-line can just pin their ears back and go after the quarterback. And Saints fans, if you think you know, I'm being mean on you or you think that, well, if we have a really bad game, what does that mean for us? Again, think of the parallels. Keep saying this year has the remnants of the Broncos' last Super Bowl victory with Peyton Manning, with Breeze being injured, the backup coming in. Maybe it's the last chance to learn all these things. And what did Peyton Manning do against the Kansas City Chiefs in the year that he did this? He broke Brett Favre's record the same time as throwing four interceptions in one game against the Kansas City Chiefs. So even Saints fans, if you lose, even if you have a bad game, there's still hope. Chiefs to win, though. Michael, can I just say something? He's talking about Christmas movies. He's, he's wrong about the number one movie. It's trading places. Market trade anything now to get Tom Brady back. <laughs> <laughs> Beautiful. We've really picked the right year to start this because Brady's done. It's just great to watch. And Mark's going to be loving this for the next few years. Look, um, I understand what you're saying there about Drew Brees, Mark, but the reality is I think he actually balls out. Now, I'm not saying he's going to win the game. I think he's going to come back and he's going to be like, you know what, boys think I'm finished. I'll show them I'm not finished. I think this could be a shootout. It could be in the late 30s, early 40s shootout. Whoever wins will win by six points, seven points. The, the problem is, win. Michael, no matter, we've seen it year, all year long, with the exception of the Raiders game, even when they get into shootouts, the Chiefs always come out on top. Well, and again, it's time for them to then obviously step up to the next gear that everybody says they can do because they've done it last year. So let's watch the champions do it. Let, let's see it. Um, I think the Saints will win. I think is it Jared? Yeah, Jared Cook had yeah. a sixth touchdown, uh, sixth touchdown of the season as a tight end last week. I think you're going to have to exploit these sort of players to actually get a chance in the game. I think the Chiefs' defense will stop Alvin Kamara a lot, and it will come down to Breeze. And I can see Brian. Have you got a point to make? Sorry, I don't want to. No, I was no, just going to say. Sorry. I was going to say Breeze has got his headphones on. He's listening to Michael, and all he's hearing is. Guess who's back? Back again. Breeze is back. Tell your friends. If this was a book, this NFL season, we all know what the ending is. We keep talking about Kamara, but he has, he's gone six games now without going over 100 yards. He's, Colum, he's not been as effective. Well, uh, not a better time to start now than now. I mean, <laughs> if, if the NFL season was a book, like the season when Manning won it was a book and, a st and the end of a story, Breeze winning the Super Bowl would be like a movie almost. And if that happened it would be great because it means that the Chiefs don't. Michael, they thought that book was last year when he went out for the last four weeks of the season and came back in the playoffs and he still threw a clunker. Yeah, I think, I think this is actually going to be his last year, to be honest. I, I just don't think he'd be here next year. But at the time, you have to obviously respect the fact he's one of the best quarterbacks that played the game uh, and you know, enjoy this game today because you're not going to see that again. You're not. This could be it. Yeah. Um, now, we've only got about five, six minutes and you know, we, we have to talk about this, unfortunately. The clean... <laughs> This, like, correct me if I'm wrong, right? This was the game that was flexed out, no? Or that was last week? Flexed in. Flexed in. Flexed in. Flexed 49ers in. and Cowboys was flexed out. So and you were happy with that? Yeah, well, yeah. Well, I mean, this is the first Sunday in weeks that I can actually watch Sunday Night Football. And unfortunately, the New York Giants are in it. Um, <laughs> five and eight against the nine and four Cleveland Browns. Colin, 
in, in all seriousness, week don't, 15. Don't let me down, Callum. Nine, five and eight, the Giants. I mean, we have to focus on them because they're the team that's five and eight and they have the chance of winning the division. Can they win this game? Will they win this game? Or will the Browns go to 10 and four? Can they win the game? Yes, they can. Because, um, they, you know, any, any NFL game, right? Every year you have probably two teams who are truly horrendous. Um, and outside of that, it, it's always a battle, right? Um, so can they? Yes, they can. In order to do that, they've got to keep their quarterback upright. Um, and, and, and that has been a struggle. And then going against Miles Garrett, um, that's going to be uh, an issue. What I'm really looking forward to in this game, though, is to see uh, the, the Browns running backs against that Giants defense. Because the Giants have done pretty well uh, against the run. And I think that is going to be really interesting to, to see. Um, I, I do think the Giants have a, have a chance. And look, um, desperate, desperate times, desperate measures. Um, they'll probably potentially roll the desperate dice. Desperate Don, Colin? Um, Jones? Yeah. Call is that, is that desperate fair? Don? Desperate Don. Well, look, <laughs> you, you, you never know. But how, how mobile is he? Because his mobility is, is so key. I, I, you know, I, I would love to, to be able to, to say that, I could, that, that the Giants will win uh, for Brown, but I, I don't. I do think this is, is much more likely that the Browns will win it and move to, to 10 and 4. And I, I think the Browns are playoff bound. I said after Monday's uh, defeat to the Ravens, I felt there was a letdown game coming. Once they lost the game on Monday, everybody was raving about the fact that they put up 42 points. Sometimes when you have a defeat like that, you know, it grinds on you and you lose the next game as well. Oh, here we the go. The problem is, <laughs> this week, Joe Judge has been running such a tight ship. This week has been a disaster. Jason Garrett, the coordinator, is gone. Freddie Kitchens is going to call the plays. Revenge game. Um, Daniel Jones is a risk if he plays or not because they shouldn't have played him last week. They did, and because of that, now he's now has another injury. So that was a bit of a mess. And Evan Ingram is doubtful. He's our, one of our better players in offense. Actually, the Browns are second worst team in terms of giving up points to tight ends. So I thought there's something we could exploit. He's doubtful. Our other tight ends are blocking back. And the other one is James Bradbury, our best our best cornerback, is also gone in COVID. So everything has well, gone against us this are, week. Are the Giants on Santa's naughty list or what? <laughs> We can always bring back David Tyree if you want, you know, oh, to try and give him a Mark, chance. Mark would love that. There's a photograph from over there. Mark wants to yeah, there actually is a giant section in, in this bar, which uh, the bar is fantastic, but unfortunately, yeah, there's, there's a giant section, and we'll have to talk to the bar maybe the, to get that removed. I'll wrap up now. The, the Browns <laughs> have won six of nine games by one score, and I say it that way. I think the Giants will hold them in check, but they won't win the game. I think the Browns will win. Yeah, there's a Patriot section that's three times as big, Michael, actually. And the yeah, Giants I just realised that, actually. The wall is yeah. three times as big, no, not the true, true. Um Look, I, I've actually, I've just got a blank page here, and I, there's a line just almost in the middle, and I just want to show it to Brian, because you might call that a halfway line. You didn't see much of that last <laughs> week, because you didn't bloody cross it. So um, we, we got past it once. Yeah. <laughs> Like, the reality is the Giants, of course, they could win. The Browns are fallible. Uh, and anytime they come against a good side, the Browns, they tend to lose. Um, that game against the Ravens, game of the year so far, that was amazing. And they proved they could pull up points. But as Brian's just alluded to the lengthy, lengthy injury list of the New York Giants this week, they are like a real-life Kevin McAllister Daniel Jones is home alone. But the problem with home alone is, in real life, the burglars just grab the little kid, beat the crap out of him, and steal all the stuff. And that's what the Browns are going to do to the Giants. Uh, They'll win. There is one way we could win. 
if you were to repeat yourself and say that Jesus Christ could play quarterback for us. <laughs> or it could be like Richie Rich, where they kidnapped the quarterback for, for the Browns. Uh, look, Carrie Underwood sings waiting all day for Sunday night. I will certainly not be waiting all day for this. The Sunday night NFL games this season just fly by, but when this starts, it's a win-win for me. I'm off work the next morning as a teacher in the North Lads for Christmas. But the reality is, if this game's over after the first quarter, I'll just put on Friday Night Lights and dream of uh, Texas. Texas forever, baby. So it is what it is. The Giants haven't got a chance. They haven't got a chance against a the chance. Cleveland Browns. No chance. And, like, you know, we're in a bar. This is on video. I'm telling you now, the this Giants... Is fun. This is fantastic, because this is the way it went against the Seahawks. <laughs> this is what you want. I need this to keep me awake. So that's why I'm saying it. So, you know, if, so have the chance. Based on the pick tonight, if we do somehow pull it off back on top of the division, and if we lose and Seattle win, we still have another shot next week. Yeah, but the reality is it's the NFC East. So, I mean, does anybody want to win the NFC East, Colin? I mean, probably... Look, anyway, I feel like we could talk about this for, for Yonks on end. That is it. That's every game covered. Every game covered. Lads, I think this was a, a successful, well, I nearly, you know, don't want jinx it there, a successful first show in the Walshed Bang Grill. Has anybody got any feedback before we, before we finish off? Any? It was obviously good to meet you lads as well. Yeah, yeah uh, can we give a shout out to Matthew who's yes. recording this for us? Matthew, <laughs> thanks a million man for your help as well. We, we, we really appreciate it. Uh, great setup as well. Massive thanks to Matthew, the bar, to all of you lads as well, uh, and I, I got over the border okay, and it was all good, and we've distanced appropriately as well. So I think just call it out. It'd be great to be back here watching matches come to playoffs and Super Bowl, but obviously, with the current situation, that's unlikely to happen. But please, God, next season we'll all be here together watching football and not talking. Absolutely. Such a bad way. Well, I'll say this now. You know, obviously, you mentioned there about lockdown that might that may happen. I have no idea what's going to happen in the south. But the the, the, the reality is, if you're watching this and it's Sunday, Sunday afternoon, come down here for a game but tonight. They've got games on at six. They've games on at nine. I think they close about half eleven, so you get the first half in of the Chiefs against the Saints. So come on down. There's a couple of there's really really good drinks offers. We just had some food before, so it's great. We want to thank the Wolshed Bar and Grill for their time and and obviously their. Um, great help in setting this up and we will be back tomorrow night to, to maybe reflect on that Giants performance <laughs> against the Browns but lads until then it's, it's been a pleasure and thanks very much thank you thank Smart you guys